0: This is the Talking DT Podcast, episode 38. Welcome to the Talking DT Podcast with me, Alison Hardy, a podcast for anybody interested in design and technology education, where I'll be sharing news, views, ideas, and opinions about DT. So, this week's podcast comes in response to some emails and conversations that I've had. Regarding a podcast that I did a couple of weeks ago, when I was talking about writing a proposal for the second edition of the Debates in Design and Technology book. Some people contacted me with ideas about uh, issues that they felt needed to be discussed, and also I've been talking to different contributors about what they might write a chapter about. So, a common theme that's come up is about what's in and what's out of DT. So in the second edition there was a chapter about food, the place of food in design and technology and a chapter about textiles, is it art or d Somebody contacted me on Twitter recently and said what about electronics? Is that part of d or you know part of computing? Somebody else emailed me and said what about craft? And I thought crikey there's a real theme here about what is part of design and technology and what isn't. In terms of Materials or stuff that we use to design with and make artifacts, products, and systems with. And I thought, "Crikey, what's all what's all this about? You know, what's what's happening here that people are raising these issues? Or is there a, is there a common theme around it? Because I thought it'd be too simplistic to develop a chapter that's around each of those issues, and and may well be that some of the things are repetitive." Or, or more similar across why we have these debates about what's in and what's out of design and technology. So instead I thought I'd explore whether there are some common ideas and, and what, what I see as possibly going on and it might raise some discussion with you, with your colleagues, about why these debates continue to be had about what's in and what's out of design and technology. So for me, there's a number of different issues. So the first one is around the history of the subject in England, particularly. That's where I can talk about. I know there's different connotations about the subject in different countries and different parts of the UK. But looking at the history of design and technology in England, if we go back to pre-92, the first national curriculum, There were a number of different subjects that existed on the school curriculum. There there wasn't a national curriculum per se at that time, but home economics, which involved food and textiles. There was craft design and technology. There was technology. There was art. And there was computing in in different forms. And and there were other subjects. And there were different events that happened, TVEI, and if you can remember that one that happened in the 80s, these big projects that took place that when the subject came together, then different subjects were jostling or different material areas. I think that's probably another way of looking at it as we look beyond 92 or or, or different aspects of design and technology were jostling for position. And all of that kind of had an impact, an impact on the way the subject came into being in, in 1992. I've just written a paper about this that's currently with a journal for review about what was happening then and, and what led to the subject taking the, the form that it did in 92. So the compromise that kind of happened underneath um, the national curriculum was that there did continue to be these defined material areas and then when we look at the GCSE specifications or syllabuses as they were at that point we had Design and technology, full colon um, product design, full colon resistant materials, full colon food technology, full colon textile technology, and so on and so forth. So actually, this separation of materials continued to be perpetuated, even though the original working party talking about design and technology as a subject did not talk about these separate material areas as continuing in a separation. They were looking for commonality. Now design and the approach to design and different ways of thinking about design and solving real world problems and so on tends to be the commonality across those material areas. However, the silos of the materials through to be perpetuated through the GCSE specifications and continue to be perpetuated through different iterations post-92 about the subject. Other people have written about that area. Carrie Pacter is, is one in particular. She's a professor at Nottingham Trent where I work and she did as part of her um, PhD thesis was looking at design and technology as it came into being in the national curriculum in 92. And she talks about the subcultural structures of the different subjects so that home economics had a particular culture, CDT had as well, technology and so on. And and craft could be included in that, and design, um, which may well have been seen as different tribes. I suppose is one way you could you could put it. And then also within that, she she touched on um, the idea of how gender is played out in in those different material areas. Um, and you, you know, I think we can still say that design and technology is very much a a gendered subject, not by everybody and not necessarily as overtly as it previously was. So I think that has a play about whether it's about the dominance of different materials and also um, the prioritisation of different gender. Um, That may well have changed over time, but particularly in that period when equality wasn't so much to the fore as it is now around gender, that um the more masculine for want of a better phrase maybe aspects of the subject were took the lead and and came to the fore and and i'll put some links to some of carrie's papers um in the show notes some people may dispute her interpretation um i have to say that some of some much of what she writes resonates with me as we look back on on that period and i think that history uh, still continues to be played out. And it came out in my research when I interviewed people about what they thought the purpose of design and technology was. And I interviewed people of different ages, different genders, different experiences in design and technology, and found some very interesting patterns about people who'd studied or been at school pre the national curriculum who were then now teaching. Uh, design and technology. And you could see a little bit about their experiences pre-92 still being lived out in how they valued the subject uh, when I interviewed people in the mid-2010s. You could also see some similarity um, between that group of people and people who'd studied design and technology at school in the early 2000s who were now training to be teachers. And I think that that's because Those newly qualified teachers or those trainee teachers were being taught by people who had been teaching since before the national curriculum. And so their ideas were influenced and shaped by teachers who had taught pre-national curriculum when it was much more separate material areas. So that's another aspect I think goes on is, is how who's teaching the subject today and their history and how we change our perceptions and how our perceptions are also founded in our own experiences when we were in school and in our own training so we have this kind of cycle of um, influence of what we when we were at school learnt and what we saw as the priority and the nature of design and technology whether it was a subject as called design technology or home economics or so on and so forth and then when we become teachers, that still begins continues to influence and shape what we do in the classroom. And then as we're teaching the next generation of teachers, that continues to be influencing and shaping their perceptions of the subject. So I think that's another reason why we continue to have these debates about what's in and what's out, what fits and what doesn't in design and technology. And then we also have the external perception. So we might have these tensions and these debates and these differences within the subject about what's in and what's out. But we also have the people outside who are looking in on the subject and making judgments about the subject. And they're doing it from their position of when they were at school and their experiences and what they're seeing their children do and so on. So that's that's having a, an, an influence as well. And again, the ideas around gender um, and the gendered nature of the subject will come into play there as well. Whether we are aware of it or not, that, that still is a factor. So we have gender and our own experiences at school and our own perceptions of the different material areas, whether we see them as together or, or separate. We have GCSE specifications pre the current, Uh, set in 2014 continuing to be separate and so reinforcing this idea of the separateness of the different material areas so all of that becomes a challenge for us to address in the current day and so I I think there is a, a debate around this and I think it is healthy to explore what has influenced and shaped our own perceptions about what should be in and what should be out and I have noticed a, a shift, though. So in the G- current GCSE, which is in, in England, which is seen as as one subject and doesn't have these separate full colon resistant materials and so on. Initially, there was resistance, and and it is difficult. I I'm not denying the the difficultness. Not not quite the right word, but the challenge of. Um, Bringing these different material areas together and and looking at it as maybe a a thematic approach or conceptual approach, whereas historically we've taught it by material areas. I'm not denying that that is a challenge, but I have seen uh, a shift over the last couple of years from this uh, fixed mindset of we can't shift, this is the way we do it, this is how it's done, to actually... You know, I, I can see it from where I'm sat in uh, teacher education, and adverts are sent to me from my student teachers about, you know, we're looking for positions. That there is a noticeable shift that they're now asking for design and technology teachers, not for food, straight textiles, resistant materials, straight systems and control, as was a was a common pattern. But it does take a time to to shift this, and I and I do think we need to stop and question why do we have these different ideas about what's in and what's out and I've, I've given a couple of reasons there about the history, about the gendered nature of the subject um, and maybe it's around the language that we use when we talk about materials but I do think it's an important conversation for us to have in design and technology because we need to have that internal debate to be able to have the external debate to challenge the perceptions question the perceptions of new teachers coming through but also the perceptions of external people and groups who have an influence on the subject such as senior leaders in schools and parents and other organisations to challenge their perceptions of this silos of materials which doesn't really exist on paper if we look at it anymore but we do know that it exists in practice but also to recognise that design and technology is more than the materials, that actually the subject is about design and technology capability. And so having those conversations within departments, between peers, with new student teachers as they come through, with parents, with other colleagues in education, does start to break down some of those perceptions and also shines, shines a mirror back on ourselves about, hmm, maybe I'm still reflecting those historical ways and maybe that's right. OK, you know, I'm not saying that we need to change everything that we think about the subject, about what's in and what's out. But we do maybe need to have those debates so we can understand the different discourses and why do people have different positions about what should be in and what should be out of design and technology. So that's my current thinking about these debates around uh, the nature of the subject in terms of the materials that we use and how we Define the subject. I think there's more to it than I've just touched on here, but I hope that's given you some food for thought. And as soon as I'm able, I'll share a copy of the paper that I've written about the history of design and technology, about its purpose, and how some of those things are influencing the way we look at the subject today. As ever, thanks for listening. And if you have any other ideas about chapters or topics that need to be discussed in the next edition of the Debates in Design and Technology book, please do drop me an email or send me a tweet at Hardy underscore Allison. The proposal will be going in towards the end of July. So time's running out if you've got other ideas. But, you know, I'm always open to suggestions as we continue to shape and develop the book. As ever, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Talking D&T podcast with me, Alison Hardy. You can connect with me on Twitter at Hardy underscore Allison. Show notes and transcripts for each podcast episode can be found on my website, work. Thanks for listening.